Hi, you're listening to the King Alfonso Radio Hour podcast. My name is Raymond and I'm your host for the duration. Welcome to the humble digital neighborhood. Last time around, we had the first part of an interview with Mick Houghton, who was a publicist and a journalist. He brought out a book called Fried and Justified on Faber and Faber a few years ago. And he was the PR for That Petal Emotion, a band that I played in myself. And he also, during a long and distinguished career, he looked. He also looked after the Ramones, Talking Heads, The Undertones, Stereo Lab, Echo and the Bonnie Men, Julian Cope, Sonic Youth, The Jesus and Mary Chain, The KLF, XTC, many others. And his writing has appeared in many magazines as well. So this is part two of the interview uh, that I did with him a few a while back, just before the plague hit us. And part one is already available, and hopefully you've already listened to that. So this is part two, and I don't want to say too much now, but please enjoy part two of this interview, and hopefully I'll have another guest on very soon. Thank you very much. Please like and subscribe. Thank you. you know, I was saying earlier, but even though I don't think they knew it, I could I could see that the bunny man had that. And yeah. You know, Julian obviously had that. Yeah. But you always knew it's kind of it's interesting that you all. I think instinctively you just knew who was going to make it and who who wasn't. Yeah, I think you know, even not just when I was at Warner's, but even later when I I took certain things on, you just kind of knew, you know, I I never took anything on that I didn't believe in at all, but you felt I always felt I made this error of judgment if I realised that this is some this is a group it's always groups don't it what group it seems <laughs> who, who just weren't you know after three months that was going to be it yeah I mean they might not split up but yeah. it would be another year before they'd make another album and it yeah. probably the momentum's gone the momentum's yeah. gone yeah and you get there were so many bands that that in the Warren States that you know, like the yacht. I, know I talk about this. The yachts. The, the yachts. Were they were pop bands. They were great. They were great band. They were stiff. They made great pop records. Um, they were signed to Radar. You know, and every every you know, it's almost like everything on the album sounded like it was a hit. Yeah. Of course, they never had a hit. Yeah. Um, but even if they had had a hit, and, and I think the best known song is one called "Suffice to Say," which is a great pop record. Even if they had a hit. It wouldn't have made any difference because it it's it wouldn't have gone anywhere. You could yeah. you could always tell the bands are kind of destined just to burn out. Really yeah, that's interesting. But but equally, you could always also tell. And, and the petrols are interesting because I I I always thought that petrols could have been huge. Yeah, it should have been. Really. It should have been huge. Yeah. Um, and Gorkies, I love Gorkies. I got it monkey. I mean, I saw. Fantastic. So you never saw them, but I mean, I, 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 know, like, I, I just was, don't know that much about them. I, you know, the guy, Eros, was so talented. Yeah. So was, was what does he do now? Is he still around? I mean, he's brilliant. I mean, I mean, they split up. Um, I think they split up in 2003 and actually finally got around to telling people in 2006. Right. Eros now just has a complete cottage industry, makes a lot of records, makes them himself, sells right. himself. Yeah. He's happy that's what he, that's all yeah. he wanted to do. But, but the thing you got, you had with Gorkis is they were so talented, you know, made fantastic records. But they were kind of impossible. Not for, not for me particularly. I I think I was on with them. 
they were kind of impossible to work with because they weren't interested in any of the other aspects other than that. All they wanted to do was make records. That's all Will Sargent ever wanted to do was make records. Yeah. The rest of it, kind of all the Maritime wanted to do was make records. Yeah. The rest of it didn't come naturally to them. So, you know, with like Gorky's, you know, and this may be really tedious for you to remind this, you know, at one point, I think Petrol said more top 40, more top 75. Well, top 50. Without making the top 40. Yeah, we're in the Guinness Book of yeah. Records. I think I think you had six or seven. Yeah, we're seven in the top 50. Yeah, Gorky's had eight. Ooh. So, you know, so that, and that's, yeah. that's almost the story of my life, you know. Yeah. Those are the sort of people I work with. I always tend to be drawn to, or they were drawn to me, groups that, I guess in a way, didn't have that kind of drive that you could say Gorky yeah. or Dexys had. But also... You didn't want it enough to do what you had to do. That, that's it. I think. Um, I think that's it. You, you have. You know. It's not enough to be talented and have the songs and everything. You have to have that desire, and unfortunately, you have to have that U two thing. Do you? Yeah. Do you know, and that's what gets you through the door, yeah. really. You know, and it's like, and I think record companies can see that, can't they? And they are like, you know, if you're prepared to do all those things and, and go the extra yard, then I think they'll go, yeah, yeah, we, we can put a bit more yeah, money. But, but the downside of that is they don't see the ones that they, they might, they don't understand when they've got somebody that potentially yeah. could be as big. Oh, bigger. absolutely, but, yeah. But, but don't, you know, they don't, they don't know how to deal with bands that just aren't interested. You know, yeah. they just don't want to play the game in that yeah. way. And, and, you know, I just see, you know, I, it, it, it's just something I, I can't figure out. You know, I just see, I just work with essentially bands that kind of self-destructed or, or, or underachievers and, yeah. and, I, and I, was, I was kind of comfortable with that and happy with that I was hated to work with Oasis or Stone Roses yeah. I, would, I wouldn't have been able to deal with that level of success because yeah. I think when you get to that level of success I think it's out of your control I think I, I, totally. I, I liked always the lights that I kind of knew what I was doing yeah. I knew how I could do my job to the yeah. best of my abilities yeah. And if you if you got to that level, um, then I, I just wouldn't have been interested. In I mean, the, like I mean, I wasn't mad about Oasis, but you know, their their story is is great. I just watched like there's a documentary, the Oasis story or something. But it's, it's fascinating because they're they're going to be like the last sort of working class band yeah. that made it in that whole era. It sort of it sort of brings that whole era to a close, you know, because it just doesn't exist anymore. No. And I don't think. I don't think it could happen again now. No. I mean, everything in the music industry now, you, you know, you're, you're going to have to have quite rich parents who are going to indulge you for a few years to, you to, yeah, get, I mean, just to, to get back on the yeah, ladder. I mean, and my, stuff. my book is like, it essentially finishes in 1998, but it's might as well be 50 years ago, it might as well yeah. be 100 years ago, because it's, it's a world that's vanished. Yeah. The, the world, that, that world has vanished, and, and it will never, it's never going to come back. No, and um, it's not, you're right, because I mean, I, I, you know, I, like for a while I kind of struggled, because I thought, you know, well, you know, when we were doing that kind of university circuit and stuff, which was kind of like our bread and butter, you know, and that's, you know, that was a really good way of touring. And you know, like all the universities had money, and you know, they pay quite well and stuff, and that just doesn't exist anymore. There was a great circuit at every level, yeah. Of um, you know, there's a great circuit, grassroots level, grassroots, next level up, yeah, next level up, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was the same, it's it's kind of like that was what's interesting that with what I did with 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 the press was that it was really easy to see for a group. 
to see a progression. And the same way as you 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 know you you, you play gigs and you play bigger and bigger gigs. Yeah. It was the same with 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 press, wasn't it? You know, yeah. you got you got your single of the week, you got your half page feature, yeah. Yeah. you got your live review, you got live review with a picture, yeah. your album review got a picture. It, it, it you know. Um, it's, like, it's kind of I always thought. I mean, radio never mattered apart from John Peel to some extent. Yeah, you, you got your John. Yeah, because it was quite you, bad at that time. John played it. You yeah. got your session, um, and and actually, funny enough, and and, and even uh, in those first few years, obviously, top of the pops was a big thing because because yeah. undertones, obviously, teardrops, bunny men, I mean, XTC. Who I didn't know. In, all yeah. these groups were on. Yeah. Revillos, Rosillos, rather, they, they were all on top of the pop. Yeah, which is part of the, the progression. You know? Yeah. But I think the problem when we, when you get to say when when petrols are going was that I just don't think record companies knew what to do unless well, guitar can, bands unless, just weren't in vogue. If you yeah. think about it, like I always think it's ridiculous when we broke up because that was just when the renaissance of the guitar oh, God, band yeah. started again. I mean, it was after awful that, timing. The, you know, that the, 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 the way you missed out was yeah. certainly on this period when when the, the charts suddenly became, you know, you know, groups like Sleeper or yeah, Gene yeah, or, yeah. I, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, Suede. I, I, I yeah. never really listened to Swayze. I, I, I don't think I liked them, to be honest. And, mm-hmm. and, and they, yeah, and, uh, but you know what I mean? But, no, but I don't I, know what you mean. I kind of hated, I hated that period. Yeah. Um, and I deliberately avoided, you know, and I was lucky enough that I suddenly worked with things that were left field of that, which, yeah. which was great for me. So yeah. Spiritualized or yeah. Stereo Lab. And, you know, you know to, to have the opportunity to, to work with Sun Ra or Sonic Yeah. Or yeah. Ken Kesey comes up, you know. Yeah. It was, I just love that. More interesting, yeah, it's more interesting, definitely. And, and through all that, you had the K, you know, all the stuff that the K, KLF and the K Foundation were up to. Yeah. It's just amazing, you know. Um, it's just a ridiculous life, you know. No, I know. I was, I mean, I think the, the problem we had was, well, the money was running out. Why we why we broke up? Uh, money was starting to run out, and uh, you know, Virgin France actually wanted us to stay with them, and then they said, "No, we should go independent." And of course, when we went independent. There was nobody really taking care of the label and stuff, and you know, still managed to be like a number one independent yeah. LP, which I I didn't for completely forgotten about until like here mentioned it recently. I, don't, I couldn't even remember that to be honest. But um, we were supposed to go to Australia. And it was like, you know, that, that would have been, if, if that had happened, I think that might have taken us, you know, you would, you would have come back from that enthused and ready for to have another go at it, you know. But I was kind of I was kind broken hearted because you thought Cammy Crazy might have done it. And then I thought, I don't know why I thought, but I thought Fireproof, I thought that was really strong as well. And that, that would get us through the door. But we, we were supposed to go to Australia and build an update for about two months. You know, we were doing press you know, ridiculous times, doing phoners and stuff, and it was all set up. And then the night before, the promoter turned out to be dodgy and the tickets weren't forthcoming. And it just broke my heart, you know, and I cared. He was worried because there was no wages anymore, so I had a family. We just missed the boat, didn't we? Yeah. We were always a little bit ahead of the curve. Yeah. And then by the time everybody caught up, we were bored. We were on to the next yeah. And then, then weirdly enough, you know, suddenly kind of, oh, well, you know, grunge happened, I guess. Yeah. But and obviously Britpop happened. But um, 
and then just wiped all those groups away, thankfully. Yeah. Um, and that was, it was even then, even when, when that Britpop was working, these terrible groups could just kind of coast in on the same ticket. Yeah. They? And, 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 and again, probably have about 10 top 40 records. Well, I think you, you ultimately, I think it was a very kind of conservative time, and I think by a lot of it, you know, you think about all the groups, you know, they had a kind of sound and they stuck to it, you know. And, yeah. I mean, we could never write the same song twice, you know. We were just incapable of it. I mean, I just don't know how you do that, even, you know. Honestly, I just no, don't. No, no, it was perfect. I really don't I mean, know I how think, you do I that. Think David, David, David says it. There's, there's, a, there's a quote from David, I don't know, when I spoke to him, but I found I was going through cuttings and stuff, and something he said to me, he just nailed it in one paragraph, everything that was wrong, you know. And even at the end, just saying, and we could never get past the end of the which was... Which is kind of, you know, which is kind of it's kind of our fault because it, it's that thing I'm saying you, you can reinvent yourself and you have to be clever about it and and you have to let people know you and our thing was always uh, people you know we're living I think in our heads we we're always living in that period between sort of 60, 60, 1980 you yeah. know when, when people you, you didn't have to lay everything out for people do you know what I mean people were were quite sussed and yeah. you know they were f- you, 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 you look at it from the point of view of a fan you say well I don't want to be seen to be like you know I don't have, want to have to tell you what the song's about because you're, you're smart enough to suss out it, uh, yeah. what it is or, or you know maybe it's not about anything particular but it's about what it means to you do you know what I mean that's kind of why the, when, I, when I did the bit when I did write you, I also write about the wedding present because the wedding present just he just knew exactly you know but they, had good ideas they, as made well, the, they just made the same record again and again and again. Yeah. So you kind of did because this is what the fans wanted. Yeah, no, exactly. And but they, they had that brilliant thing about uh, releasing the single every month. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, was, that, was, that was really inspired. great. But the yeah. other thing they did when they signed when they signed to BMG, the deal they had with BMG was phenomenal because they weren't that bothered about the money. Right. They had um, an unbelievable creative control. Right. I mean, they could basically do anything they wanted. Yeah. BMG couldn't do anything that they didn't want to yeah, do. Yeah, and, um, yeah. You know, and they still, if they wanted, had the kind of independent option, which they never used because they actually had a really smart guy that signed them called a Marshall. Um, and, you know, when they did that 12, that single a month thing, it was just fucking brilliant. I mean, yeah, because the was, press they got from it alone was the great. The press alone, but just the... I always thought that it was... It was Really, so sub- 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 subversive. Yeah, <laughs> and so many. So I mean, half the press hated them for it. So I was not another fucking wedding present. You know, still have but, to review it. Don't know, they? But they had to review it, and, <laughs> and you know, they had twenty, they had twelve singles. That this was the thing that got me. They had twelve singles that oh, exactly the same each time. You know, fifteen thousand available for one week only. I think highest one, highest entry was seven. Couple. Came, you know, came in at 26 or 27 and, and in between but it just kind of showed that the chance was meaningless you know yeah. whether it was the time of year or yeah. whatever you know it, it was just there was, it was the fact that that's all you had, in a way that's all you had to sell to have yeah. 12 top 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 uh, 30 records which yeah. is just ridiculous no I know because I mean you think about it like big decisions sold about that I don't know maybe it's 30,000 or something yeah. and get in the top 40 yeah. and I mean like that was very low compared to like the, the beginning of the 80s you know because yeah. remember like the teardrops and like teardrops single was selling like what a quarter of a million oh, records I, I think I, I think um, 
singles. Passionate friend. Yeah. Sold two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, got to twenty seven. Yeah, no, that's and that's how, that's and, and, that's and reward and, and this was the other thing, reward. Reward was extraordinary. So it came out I think the second week it got to something like forty seven. I didn't get top of the pops. <clears throat> I think it then went down and it went up to forty one and they did get top of the pops. Yeah. And then they went off to America and what and while they were in America it suddenly lapped up the charts and then they did this like, I hate pop videos but they did that brilliant video with them yeah. sort of driving around docks yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that got shown and then it was you know top ten record yeah the only one they ever had I mean, no, no, it's, it's, a... that, you know, it's, it's extraordinary when you think about it because for a while in the, in the year after reward I think I think you'd have thought that Teardrop Explosion was big as the police. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Ants or yeah, absolutely. Well. They were everywhere. Yeah. yeah, they were in Spice Huts, weren't they? They all uh, kind of pop Spice pages Wallace, as well. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, they had one, I think, Treason, that they, they re-released Treason, that yeah. was a top 20 record. I never had another hit. Yeah. And, um, and then by the time you get to, got to Wilder, which is a phenomenal record, uh, there was such a kind of... The, Press had a really weird relationship with Julian, I think, is that they, they loved him. They wanted they loved him and they kind of want, you know kind of used him when they wanted him. But when they but then, then they would just turn against him for no no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you could go from like you said, you could go from him doing the Scott Walker compilation, which was all over the press and that's all over him. I think reward came but I could um Wilder came out about three months later and it just disappeared. It just so that was a better record, wasn't it? Was it? Better record. Yeah, it's a better record than the first I, one. I think, I think, I think, in a weird way, I think journalists were a little bit, this guy's a bit too smart, but you know, we, we can't, you know, almost like, they, I think, I think, I think they're quite frightened of the people who, who, who are smarter than they are, I guess. You know? Yeah, well, I always, I always thought that was Steely Dan. Yeah. You know, they're, they were terrified to stay down, weren't they? Because yeah. they just run rings around them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how Julian's career just went into that sort of dip. But the, I think I was, I'm trying to work out the chronology of it. This is what happens under when you get older, your your chronology goes. So after Wilder, is that when he did the thing and he caught himself on stage? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Wilder. And then there was like a eighteen month gap, and, and then but there were always people coming and going as well. Yeah. He, he, oh, he yeah. needed I a mean, steady grip, didn't he? he? You know, he's not, he's not a, he's not Prince. Do you know what I mean? No. It's like you can't, you can't do that thing I mean, by and, yourself. Yeah, you know, and that was the problem in a way. That that's been the problem. Aside from Peggy Suicide, which I think is consistent, he he did, you know, he controlled everything. He wouldn't listen to anybody else. He wouldn't, you know, there, there was no other kind of nobody would challenge him. That's what Balfi did. I mean, Balfi. Yeah. Balfi would challenge him all the time. And, yeah, and, uh, he kind of needed that, didn't he? Yeah, and, and he did, no, he did. And, and, and I think that was the whole thing about their relationship was that kind of Julian knew, and when you, Julian knew he needed Balfi, but because he knew he needed him, he kept pushing him away. Yeah. And then he would come back in. And I mean, Wilder is, it sounds the way it does more because of Balfi than Julian, because the songs sounded totally different. And then Balfi came in and completely. Um, Reimagine them in a way. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think I think Julian was. It was probably impossible to manage, impossible to A and R. Yeah. I mean, funny enough, he wasn't impossible to to, to do what I did with him. Yes. Yeah. And you know, I can, can blow my own trumpets. I think that's because I knew 
Yeah, you'd give the health and well, couldn't you? Yeah, you remember. And you had to deal with them when you think, when you have keeping away from things. Yeah. Which is all it's about. Yeah. In the same way as, you know, when reward was a hit, I was completely out of my depth. It was because you suddenly had this bona fide pop star and so everybody wanted to talk to whether it was Jackie or the enemy or the yeah. Daily Telegraph. Well, how did he react to that? Did it, well, was it a good thing or a bad thing? It was, bad, it was kind of a bad thing. And, and, I mean, I know that at that time, I think because that was a completely new experience to me. Yeah, to, to, to have yeah, something in that world. Yeah. In that world where suddenly everyone wants a piece of you. And um, we probably did, probably did too much kind of pop press, I guess. But at the same time... But I don't think I worked against him. No, I should say, it didn't work against him. And then equally, he, he kind of wanted to do that stuff. Yeah. But then when it appeared, it was something like, I, I don't want this, you know. Yeah. I, 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 want, I want to be Jim Morrison, not, yeah. not Adam and the Ants. Yeah. But there was he, a, wasn't there that crossover period for a while where, like, Smash Hits was quite cool? Yeah. Uh, like Record Murray, you know, they were, they were quite cool for a while. I, and mean, I mean, Smash Hits is fascinating. Smash, Smash Hits... Yeah, was was the, I think the first publication that kind of started to encroach upon the dominance of the weekly music press. Yeah, because it was cool. Yeah, and, and because you know, um, I mean, one of my biggest coups of all time, just personally, and, and in terms of because of who it was, my relationship with Smash Shits was that we once had the Bunnymen on the cover of one side, Teardrops on the cover of the other side. Yeah, and you just turned, you know, it was back yeah. to back, turned yeah. over. And, and I know I kind of, you know, I just had this whole thing about, oh, look, yeah. if you put the bunny on the cover, it's really going to piss Julie off. You know, it didn't quite put it like that, yeah, but, yeah. but they bought into that because they yeah. knew about the rivalry. So they said, okay, we'll put them both on the cover. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Mary Chamber on the cover of Smash Hits. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it, the great thing with Smash Hits was that the, all the people that were writing for it and all, were, were kind of rejects from the weeklies, really. They were all people that, hadn't because very cliquey it was very cliquey the music press yeah totally um, and there was all people that didn't quite fit yeah the guys that were sort of scrubbing around it was boys club as well it was wasn't boys it? club stuff yeah. so they, they were yeah they were outside so there was more, the probably more women working than smash hits wasn't yeah. there so yeah so so you know Mark Allen and Dave Hatworth and Paul Dinoy who'd never quite fit so they just went off and um, you know started up smash hits but they didn't stop them writing about the stuff they would have written about with him. Yeah. yeah, they had to do... They yeah, they would still cover enemy yeah. people, wouldn't they? Like, you know, it was... And, and they were putting on the cover, yeah. you know. And, um, we may have had an Undertones cover, so much it's quite possible. I mean, yeah, it's quite possible. Like, I mean, I remember, like, Shane McGowan made big decision yeah. record of the week and yeah. then Smash Hits that was a Smash Hits yeah. record of the week but there would never, never been a pop press like that that was almost extraordinary extraordinary about it well it just didn't last very long either because you know like then like later on I say a few later a few years later you would have had it would have been more there was more of a delineation between pop and rock again yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. and that's a sort of sad thing I think and that's kind of I always think we kind of arrived at a very is there a dull period, really? You yeah, know? it was. It, 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 yeah, you, your time was awful, shit. really. Yeah, it was. And well, you know, well, I think we could have used it to our advantage. Yeah. We should have just been more, you know, because people were crying out for something, you know. Yeah. In the same way that, by the time, you know, whenever Oasis came along, you know, people were ready for somebody to be a bit more rebellious and a yeah. bit more, you know, just not sort of 
just following the whole sort of t- normal trajectory yeah. of a band. You know, it's like, you know, having a bit of fun with it. It's, you know, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah, I can yeah. understand. I can see the attraction, even though I never really liked Oasis, I could see the attraction of them, you know, because they, they were. Oh, yeah. I always thought they should have been like more like a comedy act because yeah. the brawlers are like the brawlers are funnier than most comedians, you know. Yeah. And they come out with they just have the best quotes all the time yeah. as well. No, I, I always thought, you know, in, in some ways, yeah, McCulloch was a, was a bit of a kind of role model. He was except, definitely, except, yeah. Except it was bad and kind of. Yeah, it was smarter, wasn't it? It, it was uh, with with Oasis. You had, to, you know, you, you had the repartee between the two of them. Yeah. And that's what Jim and William did. That's why the Mary Chains didn't happen. Yeah. There were so many parallels between those two bands, but but the Mary Chain, I, 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 it was it's really kind of strange. But by the time Oasis came along, it's like the media, including and radio in particular, would, ha- would accepted them for, for all their kind of rebelliousness. And, um, whereas. The Mary Chain was totally ostracised. The Mary Chain could never get on the radio. Yeah. I think they did Top of the Pops once. And then, because they got a bit pissed between the run-through and the performance, yeah. didn't didn't replicate what they'd done in rehearsals. So yeah. I, I was there and the producer was screaming at them. And they, and they weren't, like, getting angry. They were just like... What have we done? You know, yeah, no, I don't know, understand. They, you know, they didn't get it. You know, yeah, they didn't know how to. They didn't know how to play the 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 media, I guess. Which I don't think you did. You know, I think no, we don't. Yeah, we don't. I mean, I, you know, yeah. like it's again. We were always kind of. Def- we knew we thought like Damien and John would sort of sort of show us the way, you know. But they they were just they were just the same yeah. as they were in the undertones, really. You know, like, but but yeah, but it, but also it's kind of um, I don't think it's something. Uh, yeah, you can you can teach, but I don't think if you come to mate, what do we do? I don't think I really would. You can't, you, you, it has to come from you in a way. In, no, I mean we, we would have, yeah, because I mean, yeah, and and I think like I like I was always kind of trying pushing for the vision. I mean, it was like I came up, I used to come up with all, like I came up with manic pop thrill and end of millennium and all that stuff. I always felt like I had a vision, but because I wasn't writing all the songs, and I I couldn't sort of. You couldn't really get everybody on site, and, and I mean yeah. the whole dynamic of the petrels is just like if any one person's trying to sort of take over, then everybody else kind of reacts against that as yeah. well. You know, it's it's a and it's an interesting dynamic, but obviously, you know, a lot of it was kind of good because there was a little bit of competition. You know, so you had to, it was competition to get your songs and stuff, but not ruthlessness. Yeah. You know, I mean, nobody was yeah. really ruthless. Yeah. That just didn't exist. But I wanted to talk, I wanted to just say something about Sandy Denny because I remember that it's really funny the things you remember. And I remember one time, and of course, I was talking from a position of ignorance. So this would have been like, you know, like, uh, maybe early days of Petrels, kind of making an off the cuff remark about Sandy Denny, who I knew nothing about, <laughs> and kind of, you know, a bit like, oh, you know, something like Sandy Denny. And I remember you going, I really like Sandy Denny. And I remember thinking, that, you know why, you, why did you say that when you don't know anything about her and like of course subsequently yeah, yeah. I love her now you know yeah. in particular um, there's a song The Sea you know the, the oh, yeah. gay one yeah. I, that's yeah. one of my favourite songs yeah. of all time now you know but I mean I couldn't read the book because it's just too sad it's I mean it's it's horrendous. too sad the interesting thing uh, 
that I think maybe you just said on the Word podcast today was that after the, the Fairports had their accident, that then basically her and uh, Richard left, wanted to leave them because they didn't like this direction they were going and we're doing all still doing yeah, all the yeah. old folk songs I thought that was interesting because yeah. I mean they're they're obviously the two most interesting people yeah well, yeah and, and I think the reason I mean I think originally I think because it was just meant to be a project it was just sort of like one of project yeah this, this kind of and it became a thing and it became a thing and I think for both of them um, it, it meant for them that you know they're, they're songwriters as well, yeah. you know that was yeah. uh, so that their songs weren't going to be on of all the albums traditional folk music yeah their songs wouldn't be used and I think for Sandy Denny she'd sung all that stuff in folk clubs yeah so exactly it was, it was yeah. kind of like there's nothing new to her yeah she can do it for sleep as well um, but I mean what was interesting in a way and this was all to do with the crash I think because it, it affected them all so deeply well, so, I must have done you think about it my father's yeah. like, what age is Richard 18 or something 17 18 uh, yeah 19 I think 19 who's <sighs> yeah. um, your girlfriend as well Lord, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I know I got him and Simon, I think, and actually talking about it, uh, and, and, and saying things I don't, I don't think they ever really talked about it. Yeah, I'm sure they had. Well, maybe they hadn't, because it, it, it was like um, interesting. I think they talked about it because because I was kind of coming at it from Sandy's perspective. Yeah, and and one of the really crucial things with her was that she. Sounds very cliche now, but she wasn't in the crash, but she it almost affected her more because of that whole survivor's guilt thing. Yeah, yeah I should have been there, yeah. Yeah, and um, but it is kind of extraordinary they make this album, which everyone's kind of raving about, not only just the Sheely, but the, the, the Ashley Hutchins leaves as well, the guy that's that's kind of has driven it. That, yeah, he's pulled everybody that, together, and I think that was more of a shock. Yeah, because um, I know Richard wanted to leave at the same time, but he, because he was part of the, you know, I, I think he thought that if I leave, that's it, it's going to be over. So yeah. he kind of carried on for another year. Yeah. Um, after which they, they became, as somebody wants to put it, the ten years after a folk rock, because yeah. it just all became that day yeah. of It's kind yeah. of, um, you know, Dex, um, virtuoso kind of. Yeah, but he, he was. In, I saw him and uh, Martin. Is Martin Denley? Is it? Oh, Martin Carthy. Martin Carthy. Yeah. Sorry, I saw. I saw uh, Swarbuck about a year before he died, and the one they were just playing in uh, Dulwich Folk. Oh, you saw him like play like yeah, yeah, Dulwich yeah, Folk. Yeah, yeah. But it was just a two of them, and I think it was the best way to see them. You yeah. know, and he played this sixteenth-century uh, tune, and it was like, and it was like a velvet underground. Yeah. It's extraordinary. You think you know where where does stuff come from? You know, or like you know, that's that thing in music. Nothing's yeah. really new. You know, if you go and search everywhere, there's strands. You know, why does why does Irish music sound like Indian music? No, I, I think for me, it almost like I think, actually, I think it was doing the electrical group. Is that kind of realizing that I don't really need to discover new music because this. Like a lot of old music I've not heard and I'm not aware. I think that's I think that's the thing. I think you could kind of maybe go back to stuff you maybe missed in the nineties. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I don't mind doing that. And in a way, sometimes when stuff used to come out, I, I couldn't get it straight away. It would only take me a couple of years. Maybe yeah. do you know what I mean? Maybe something record would come out and you're like struggling with it. 
And then maybe you'd hear one song. I remember like um, when I when I was getting into Van Morrison and like it kind of whenever I was really starting to like love music and being really aware of stuff, he would have had like something like um, like Wavelength would have been really yeah. the first Van LP that I would have that would have been like a contemporary Van LP that I would have been aware of, and I thought it was really good, you know. But then I didn't have that one song that kind of got you in the rest of it, and yeah. then I heard a song called uh, Gypsy on Dominic's preview, and that was it. I got yeah. I suddenly got the whole thing. Do you know what I mean? And that's a brilliant feeling. You get the whole thing, and then again, like a Johnny Mitchell thing, where you've got a massive back catalogue, and you just kind of wade through, you know, and enjoy and, and just love. I can tell you my Van Morrison story now. I've got two, but I'll tell you the one that relates to Warner Brothers is because you mentioned wavelengths. Wavelengths. When I worked there, I used to have this office, tiny office, um, that for reasons I never found out, it's a bit discovered. Occasionally, it was absolutely reek. It had this really wild smell that would pervade the whole office. It's kind of like rotting fish or something. Um, and it would, it would just. It was it was so intense. You just had to leave the room. You couldn't have, there was no, no windows. Um, and then when Wavelength came out, Van Van came in to do interviews, and they stuck him in my office. <laughs> and um, I mean, it was fine to begin with. And then and while he was in there, this mysterious smell suddenly yeah. emanated, and uh, he just he just came out of this, this, the, the room, absolutely fuming, you know. Just fucking shit like this, yeah. and and he directed it at me. I think because oh, I, right, I, I wasn't yeah. looking after it. Yeah. And and at one point he was talking about. It. He said something like, um, "I don't know what is this shit. What is this? What is this stink? What, what, what?" And I almost said, "It might, it's, it's, it might be your it might be your new record," because <laughs> I thought Wavelength was rubbish. <laughs> 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 and I just and I really did just because he was just so ranting oh, yeah, that I just wanted to shut him up and, but anyway I stopped I, re, I refrained from saying because I probably would have been booted out for that <laughs> oh the stories about him have been grumpy or terrible um, I mean Paul Charles used to tell stories oh yeah and then I would tell Gavin Martin and it's like you know he, he would always when I'd seen him he'd say well, have you heard anything about family I'd be like mm. oh, what do you hear of this one I mean absolutely some of them are just so scandalous you wouldn't believe them oh, yeah. but you think how does such a grumpy horrible person make such brilliant music you know yeah. it's but I think there there is that part of him, isn't it? Yeah. And, he, and he can't reconcile that with the rest of his personality yeah. or whatever. There's a guy, there's a, there's a, I forgot his name, Mark Ellis. But it's going on, you know, there's people that like Van Morrison and people that have interviewed him. Yeah. I can imagine he's the worst interview possible because he's just like, you know, I can't explain it. I can't explain it. It's really weird. Now, I, at some point in the nuts, this would have been 2000 something like that. Uh, Universal were going to release all this back catalogue in some really bizarre, actually completely <laughs> indiscriminate order. I think yeah. it made no sense. And I was, I got, I was um, asked to write the notes for them all. So I had to go and interview him. Um, actually, it was fine. You know, it was actually fine, except that. In fact, it was Willie. Willie, Willie Richardson, was yeah. right, I think, was kind of managing. Yeah, he was, yeah. Willie, well, I remember before I went to eat, he's fine, but don't talk to him over while he's eating. Yeah. And I just said, okay, fine, didn't I? 
And then it just turned out, because I think I was kept waiting for about two hours, so when it did come out, I was sitting in a booth, probably about as far away from you at the table, and he was the most disgusting eater. I mean, he was just, the food was just flying everywhere. He was, he was kind of chewing lemons and spitting out. <laughs> and everything else had been fine. You know, I didn't mind being kept waiting for two hours. The interview was great, but... And actually, an oddly enough, I think that there was a big furore, I think, the reason he was so late was because I think he just fired his driver that morning because the driver had been half an hour. It was just like... No, I don't. It, it was kind of weird to see, just, it turned out I had to go and dip some hotel up in Nottingham, I think. And you just were aware that all these people were just running around and they were shit scared of him. No, they're all on eggshells. You can imagine everybody around him just on eggshells yeah. all the time. Because he used to, like Paul Charles, he would phone up Paul Charles and go... Paul, I want to go out on the road, you know, give me a few dates. And I'll, so Paul Charles would go away and get him like a you know, 25-day tour yeah, on the first night. And the second date, he would phone up. What the fuck do you do, you bastard? You know, what are you sending me all these dates for? Do you know what I mean? You know, the, the short answer, you know, if you talk to Wally about Vannis, he said, oh, I don't manage him anymore. You know what I mean? That's, that's the short answer. It's, yeah. That tells you everything. Well, the coronary to talk about the interview, so I did the interview and I actually thought, this this. That was, it was actually a really good interview. So you got him to chat, didn't you? He chatted away, and, and um, but next day, Willie rings up and said, "How did it go?" It went really well. He says, uh, "You can't, you know, you can't use anything <laughs> from that." Said, what do you mean? I can't? Well, it's just background. You can't actually use anything. He said, "Well, <laughs> I got the fucking background." So he said, What's the point? You know. Uh, so I didn't use any of it, and then um, I think. I think three releases came out. I can't remember which ones, but like I say, there were no. Yeah, there were. There was. A, you're right. They're in discriminated order. Then he, um, yeah. then he fell out with Universal and moved over to EMI. So that was that. that was we were chatting earlier. Whenever the um, the recorder was known about about Bill Drummond about the KLF. And I mean, I, as I said, I don't want to um, preempt your your stories from the book or anything. We would just say, like, I, I was just telling you how I think he's a really fashion, fascinating character, and his kind of. His inspirations, like I can Campbell, yeah. we were talking about. So it's like you know that, that was so. His background would have been in like kind of theatre. Yeah, I mean, well, Bill's interesting. I mean, Bill was brought up in, in Galloway, Northern yeah, in Scotland. Yeah, and the fa- and, and like and the family moved to Northampton because a lot of Scottish families came down lived in Northampton. So, so he went to no, but he went to art college in Northampton. Right. Then he went to did fine art college. Then he went to art college at Liverpool. Um. And I think he left after a year and worked for the, um, and then worked at the Everyman Theatre yeah. for, for a year as a carpenter. He was a carpenter. All right. Um, and then that came to an end. And I think he, he kind of went off and travelled. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of like, it, 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 it you know, was an apprentice trawling and did all this stuff. You know? But when he came back to Liverpool, that's when, um, um, they were staging the Illuminatus, and he, right. got, he got the job basically. Yeah, doing all the set designs for that. So. Yeah, well, you know, it's really. Like, I was saying you about like this mm-hmm. reading up about Ken Campbell, and I think he's one of those guys. It's like you know, he'll just get everybody involved. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's not it's not about maybe how talented you are, but it's, it's your availability. You know, can you yeah. come? Are you available to come on Monday at like nine o'clock in the morning? Again, I this this could have been in the book, but I didn't put it in the book. But um, when when Teardrops, when the album, second album came out. Bell and Balfe, he thought, can we do what we, we, we need some inspiration here? So they went to see Ken Campbell. Right, right. 
and he, and he, and he apparently Kenneth said, "Well, give me a hundred pounds and come come back tomorrow, yeah. and I'll tell you." And so they gave him a hundred quid. He came back and just handed them a piece of paper which just had the word Wilder written on it. That's why it's called Wilder. And that, but that was it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was it. <laughs> and I think in their words, oh, great, that's it. We're going to call it Wilder. So don't know why, yeah. don't know what it means, but we're going to call it Wilder. It's going to be huge. That's the thing that again, I think hopefully comes across is that um, Jimmy is um, just as fascinating. He's an artist, probably more. More talented than Bill. I, I mean, I was Bill, interesting. Bill's a good PR man. I mean, Bill's a good PR man. Bill's yeah. great. Bill's a, Bill has great ideas. Sometimes he he, he can live up to his own. He can't, sometimes he can live up to those ideas. Sometimes yeah. Oh. Yeah. But Jimmy, I mean Jimmy. So I think the combination of those two was was incredible. And and I've never worked with I've never worked with anybody any any team of people any group of people where. The, the, the creative balance was totally equal totally yeah. um, it wasn't it, it wasn't it wasn't even like one, one, you know he writes the music he writes the song yeah, yeah, yeah. he writes the music it was half and half the they they I think they had such a rapport that evolved pretty quickly which is which is why you know having having done the jams and, and you know the jams was interesting um, and one of those things I mean the press went kind of mad for just yeah. just because they thought oh because there was always that these people are wacky we like you know because yeah. like they're yeah. doing wacky things well you know that's great to write about it's it? great to write yeah, about yeah. Yeah. it took me a while yeah. to understand that about yeah. journalists you, you've got to give them something to just yeah. write about you know but, you know and Julian had that Julian yeah. was wacky oh, Julian definitely. was great to write about and that was gave good quotes Why yeah. gave good quotes yeah. you know it's like when people say well aren't these people difficult to work with I say well the more difficult they were the more interesting they were usually yeah. you know, give me a difficult troubled artist at any time you yeah. know, if you're trying to get, get the press to write about it but, but it's just this phenomenal relationship which I think within a few years just became they, they really did they were they really did just kind of think as one yeah. it was so intuitive between them yeah and, and yeah, whatever you think of the the, the money burning, you know, and some of their exploits, um, I think it just, did just come about because they didn't exactly goad one another on, but it but it's kind of like the way they worked would be to just push the other one to the next level, to push yeah. them to the extreme. So by the end, they would do things that only creatively that would just amazing because yeah. because they were out there on the edge or do things that people may or may not find wholly objectionable like burning yeah. a million quid you know yeah. um, I mean did they ever, did they ever express any uh, regret about the money because um, the money the money's still a big thing isn't it it's like because I, I don't spoke to people who still don't believe that it happened oh yeah but you were there, weren't you? I know I wasn't there. But you weren't I, there. I, I, I wasn't there. Uh, I, I, given given that I wasn't there, maybe how can I say this? I know they burnt the money. Yeah, I know they burnt the money. I, I always thought they did as well. Um, and it's it's almost it is actually almost impossible to talk about because over the years, you know, I went through this whole period when when they did it, and then this thing about for me, the amazing thing about working with them doing not just when they were doing the that, but when they did the whole. 
um, turn, you know, turn, alternative Turner Prize, K Foundation Award. Um, they 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 were coming up with these ideas. They were doing these outrageous things. I was I was the one confronting them. Yeah. They, they didn't they didn't do interviews. They, people didn't ask them why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? They would they would ask me. So when they when the when the million when they burnt the million quid, it was it's kind of really interesting because it they took a journalist from the Observer and it ran in the it ran in the Observer. And I remember going into the office next day thinking. I mean, this phone is, is not going to stop ringing all day. And we didn't get any talks. It's like, basics, people, given their reputations, people just thought it's a hopeless. Nobody in their right mind would burn a million pounds. So, um, and then it kind of, and then I think what happened was that one of the, some, one of the local Scottish papers the, in, in, on Highland, Highland Express or something, actually wrote about all these kind of charred remains of notes that yeah. basically were, were being washed up on the beach. Yeah. So that, that ran, and then it's, I think the Daily Express picked up on it. Expressed the expected outrage yeah. when they'd done this. So suddenly um, people suddenly believed, you know, believed they'd done it. Mm. And, and, and then the next wave of reports I got were just totally abusive, you know. Yeah, it's like people were just blaming me for what they'd done. All right, so you had to put up with all that. Yeah, and, and but what was interesting was they weren't even, it wasn't even that they were being indignant about the fact that they could have done this or that with the money. It was, it was really kind of like, it sounds a bit daft, it was almost like, why didn't they could have given it to me, they could have paid up my mortgage. It was very sort of like... Yeah, personalised. Personalised. Yes. Um, that was very strange. It was kind of, yeah. But, but then, in, and interestingly, it was always like 50-50, yeah, did they do it, didn't they do it? And then sort of like, over the passage of time, I don't, I'm sure there are people out there that don't believe it, but I think people just now accept they burnt a million pounds. Yeah. Um, but, so you get books and articles just trying to, trying to explain why, why did they, why, you know, why did they do it, you know, and, um, and, and in a way, that's, that's one of the things I kind of address in, in the book, and I think, I, I don't really know why they did it, but I can't say why they did it, but I've almost even tried to rationalise it. I, I've kind of, I suppose, what I've written is my understanding. Of yeah, why sure. They did it. And, and, and in some ways, why they, not the reasons that, they, that people put forward as why they didn't do it. Yeah. They weren't making a, an art statement. Or, yeah. You know, it wasn't sort of wrapped up in wrapped, you know, wrapped up in arts and sim, sim, you know, symbology and <laughs> things like that. You know. yeah. But um, you know, it's 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 extraordinary writing this book because because the end bit kind of hit fucking hell. It's what it just had, had, had it's quite extraordinary life for twenty years. You know, just the, yeah. just the, the all the extraordinary people you've worked with. Yeah. Some touched by genius, some touched by madness, whatever. <laughs> Um, but the, the really interesting thing, with the exception of Bill and Jimmy, almost, um, and there are people I had great relationships with, and, and it was did, did I think really good job with, like Spiritualize, for example, or yeah. Virgin, that somehow there comes a point when you realise you don't need each other anymore, yeah. and, it, and, and it kind of stops. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so. And, 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 
and I've had no contact with them since. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's kind of difficult to explain. You know, it's almost yeah. like you're brought together for that moment in time, or for the, you know, in spiritualized it would have been, you know, they made ladies and gentlemen now. Yeah. That, that's sort of something not perfect about the album, but perfect about the whole package of that, of that album. Um, and the, and the oh, it's perfect. It? That is perfect, actually. And, and time, just sometimes the timing of something. Sometimes yeah. the time is just right. Well, that's a big thanks a million. That's brilliant. Maybe. <laughs>